Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I am back today with Keelan Lawyer, and we're going to be talking some PGF. Keelan, let's first talk about last season. How did you feel the tournament went, and were you surprised with Elijah winning and uh, honestly dominating the finals? Um, first question, I was super pleased with the season, the tournament, everything went I mean, better than expected, to be honest. You know, Brandon comes up with crazy ideas all the time, and we go forth conquering the idea, and it doesn't always turn out to be gold, but this one I feel like was gold. I think the season aspect of season one was really interesting. All the competitors loved it. We loved it from a a consumer standpoint, just like as a fan, like I had people telling me all the time how fun it was to watch even people that don't do jujitsu so that was like a big thing that was like oh we have something cool here the fantasy league was super fun i mean i, w- I could be happier with season one to be honest was i surprised that elijah won no i wasn't you know we've seen his potential before especially when he's locked in and on focus and yeah was i surprised to see him do it the way he did it kind of yeah um uh especially after all the guys had seen him all through the season now we're going into the tournament can they stop what they know is coming now and the answer is no they still couldn't so that was that was a little surprising but overall super success and so a lot of people forget, like, this is a 50-50 thing between you and Brandon. Like, this isn't just Brandon. A lot of people, you know, Brandon's kind of the the face of the PGF as the commissioner, but, and you're the guy behind the scenes, but it's a 50-50 thing, right? I'm Lorenzo Fertitta, bro. He's Dana White. He's just the face up there. But yeah, no, we're, we're in it together. And that's really cool. And I think that partnership is just such a great partnership, you and Brandon. And thinking about how you guys want to go into season two and what you would like to see different in season two. So I just want to see the production and the, from a viewer, like the person who's watching it on YouTube or wherever it's being streamed, how do they see it? You know, I would like to polish some things up about it like you know we were walking out of our little tunnel here at the gym and you know there's a door that we're opening and things like that are just you know we can obviously improve on things like that so that's kind of what i'm thinking about is like if you look at ufc one or ufc two like it's honestly very low budget especially if you're comparing it to now so watching them in the ufc go through their stages of growth from UFC 1 to 250, whatever we're at now, I would think about it in the same way with a PGF. So I know that there's going to be a lot of room for growth and things like that, just whether it's audio or visually or lighting or etc. But season two, I think, is going to make a big leap just from season one. Um, The people that are out there that watched the final tournament in season one got a taste of like the potential in the PGF, right? We were in a, we had a stage and the lighting was really good and there were cool walkouts and smoke and all that fun stuff. So we're actually going to be in a similar location for season two. So it's already going to take a couple leaps in the production aspect. So I'm really pumped about that. Yeah. And talk about working, um, doing it at a church. 
You know, I, I think that's very unique. And I think it's kind of surprising when people find out that, you know, we partnered or you guys, I should say, partnered with a, a church to make it happen. So how did that come about? And I mean, you're going to do season two at the same location. Yeah. So the church is all in and it does sound weird on the surface. But if you know the church, which you do, and it's not surprising, those guys over there at Epic Church are really cool, man. They're, you know, religion gets deep. We could talk about this all day, but man, you don't even feel like you're walking into someone that's going to preach at you right now. You know, they're just all cool people. A couple of them grapple. They bring their guys over here to get beat up every now and then just to build character. So they're really cool people. And yeah, I'm excited to be partnered with them. And when you talk about the production, like what is their production level? I mean, we saw it in season one, but do you feel like, you know, it's going to be really tough for other um, grappling organizations to, you know, keep up? Like, is this like world-class? Like, like what level of production does Epic provide? Yeah. Potential for world-class production for sure. Um, it's, the place that Epic is at used to be a movie theater. So mm -hmm. there's multiple theaters in there to watch movies and or grappling. So if you really wanted to, we could put on grappling in each one of those theater rooms and you could watch your people and ooh, Elijah's on mat three or theater room three over there. So it's really cool. I mean, they've got a setup to where we could really make something cool happen. So the potential for growth is just at our fingertips. I'm excited. And so on your end, you know, with the camera work, I know in the finals, one of the cameras went out and then we had to go to back to kind of like a regular camera view. Um, what's the difference for you feel like with what you bring and the camera angles you bring compared to just that standard camera angle that everybody else uses? Like, Yeah, so when you get on a gimbal and you're mobile and wireless, you're free to move around the mats with the competitors. And it gives two things, I think. A, a different feel for the person that's watching, when the camera doesn't switch, it just follows. It gives you a different feel. It makes you feel like you're there, almost like you're the referee and you're like watching the action and you have to run over here and get a better look. And oh, now I can see. It, it really gives it a different feel. That's the first thing. The second thing is I can simply get better angles because the stationary cameras are set up to watch the middle of the mat from multiple camera angles. When it starts going to the edge, those cameras have to move on their tripods, right? They have to turn, and you just can't get the same angles. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's not a big deal at all, and it's really great. But sometimes, man, I really wish that camera could move towards the action so I could see better. Or I also use a super wide angle lens whenever I'm doing this so that I can get close up on the action. Those cameras are zooming in and it gives it, again, a different feel. You just see different things. So that gimbal is unique and I, I really feel like it benefits the viewer trying to see the grappling and like experience it more. So yeah, I'm a big fan of it. And we, we use it on all of Brandon's technique videos for a reason, you know. Whenever Brandon's rolling with his students, we're on the gimbal because that's the best way to do it, you know. 
And so moving on, kind of now thinking about season two, and, and one of the big announcements that really piqued a lot of interest was that $10,000 announcement when Brandon goes, hey, you know, me and Keelan, we're offering $10,000 pot. What uh, made you guys decide to go up to 10000 And what do you see like in the future? Like how high do you want that pot to get? So the more the better, right? Like we've got the, what's that um, MMA league that the winner gets a million dollars? Or no, uh, the PGL. Yeah, right? Something like that. Professional. PFL. PFL. There yeah. it is. Professional Fighting League. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. million dollars to win. And it's like, yeah, how cool would that be if Brandon was like, yo, million dollars to the winner? I mean, can you imagine? It would be incredible. You, it's like hard to imagine for grappling, right? But I really think it's there. Like the hmm. potential is there. So if you zoom out of like our little southeast corner of the U.S. and like you start thinking about wrestling seasons and how it happens all across America, right? The PGF, these grappling seasons could happen. There could be a season of grappling for all the grapplers that are out there doing grappling and they treat it like a season and everybody's doing it. Like it just becomes the thing. It's not weird. It's weird. It's the tournaments are like one-offs to get you ready for your season of grappling. Like it becomes the real thing for grapplers is what I see. I mean, that's where it could go. So a million dollars is nothing if everybody in the U.S. that grapples is doing this, you know. I really think the potential is just, I mean, through the roof. It's a sporting league. Like, it's its just, it's equivalent to the wrestling and the NFL and the NBA and the MLB. It's the PGF. It's the, it's the next big thing. Man, you know, you say the word a million dollars and, like, you hear that and it sounds so unrealistic because I think the highest prize that's ever been given is a hundred thousand. That's been done twice. And so, you know, you hear a million, but it's like you said, this is such a different format and you're doing it over the course of a season. And so there is so much more commitment involved. And so you think, you know, that the price, the winner should get paid, you know, equivalently. Um, but $10,000, man, we've seen a lot of guys really get interested because that winner is going to get 3000 this time, right? Yep. And so winner gets 3000 and talk about some of the competitors now that, that have decided to kind of jump in. Yeah. So this next season, um, I'm not going to say names, but there's a good amount of black belts on this list that Brandon has. There's some exciting competitors that either haven't competed in a while but they're super high level or they're competing right now elijah's returning there's already a champion that's solidified in the 225 right now and sam barbosa so it's i mean it's looking really good man you, the, you think the talent's going to be bigger like is it i definitely think so so the after we did season one we really gained a lot of credibility from people that watched, you know, they saw, oh, this is legit. They're really doing it and I can make money doing it. Oh, I can make more money doing it this season. Great. Sign me up. So we have people that are chomping at the bits. Um, this season, it's a slightly larger entry fee, but bigger pot, you know, you're, they're going to make more money. So I'm really excited, man. I think season two is going to, I mean, double it's going to be twice as good as season one for sure. It's going to be the same format. Um, 
I do believe that we're changing chokes from seven to six points. So two joint locks will be equivalent to one choke okay. in season two. That'll be a big change um, for guys like the elbow bay. Well, I, I'm, I heard Brandon say, and I'm not sure if this, this rule has been solidified, is that if you finish, you get a submission in under a minute, you also get a point. So yeah. if you got an arm bar in what, 30 seconds, we'll say, you yeah. would get four points instead of three. Yes. And, and I think that I, I love that compromise because I know there were some people, I'm a huge fan of the seven and three. Like, I love the seven and three, and I, and I thought it should have stayed that way. But then there was a lot of people going, look, it should be something like five and three. Yeah. And I think this is a great compromise. Yeah, I, I agree. It can't, two joint locks can't trump a choke because we've seen guys get their arms broke and then maybe something else snapped and they're still not out. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, choke has to be king for sure. Yeah, and again, I think it's something that makes it really unique. And, and we saw it really affect the PGF season, right? I mean, the elbow bay, uh, Jonathan Roberts was was a great example of a guy that he really got, I don't want to say screwed by his placement, you know, because he was easily one of the top three guys during the regular season. But because he was going for those joint locks, he ended up with a, with a bad seed and he had a really, really tough road uh, to get the finals. And we saw him get taken out by that. But... Thinking about next season um, a little bit more, you know, how many weeks is it going to be played out over? Is it going to be about the same time length, and when is it going to start? So I believe it's the same time length, and I want to say towards the end of January is whenever he was looking to start this thing. Um, it may be er early January, now that I think about it, because we're ending. Uh, I don't want to commit to that. But, yeah, same the season's going to work the same way. There's going to be two bye weeks throughout the season. And then when the season's over, one week off, and then the final tournament. So same format, bigger stage in the sense of we're not going to be in the the gym. You know, we're going to be at a location for professional grappling. Mm. You know, that's going to, it's going to give it a different feel for both the competitor and the viewer. And, yeah, we're just looking to move closer and closer to being a legit production, a legit show, because we have something special in the format here. Do you think Elijah's still the favorite? I mean, again, I, I only know a few names that are in it, and so I know there's a ton of guys that are that are really interested, but you know, do you still give Elijah like the odds-on favorite to win again? Or you I think know, there's a couple guys that, that are, can beat him? I know if you ask Elijah, he's the favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, you know, what's interesting is I want, was it this coming up weekend? Does he have a, like, a, is he in a tournament with Sam Barbosa? I'm not quite sure. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he is. I would, I would be interested to see. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is, uh, I believe it's next weekend, actually. It's yeah. down there at, um, it's down there in Georgia. You're right. Yeah. At that under 200 pound. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting if we get to see. And Chase Hand is in there too. Yeah, there's a couple good ones in there, man. I'm excited. I'm, is the Elbow Bay in there too? He's in the smaller guy one. Okay. So they're doing two. He's in the under 170. Yeah, but is Elijah still the favorite? So I think so, and here's why. I think he makes it into the tournament, no doubt, right? Like he makes it through the season and he scores enough points to get into the tournament. And then he's going to leg lock everybody. All the big dudes... I just think that he he's just gonna leg lock him. 
to be totally honest. Okay. I, I think his game is really um, set up to go against bigger guys. Um, I, I'm not quite sure. I don't think we're going to see him go 20 for 20. Like, yeah. I think there's going to be a couple of guys to be able to draw him out. Maybe he gets submitted. I don't know. You know, again, I haven't seen the full list, but I definitely don't think – I think what he did in the first season of going 20 for 24 for 24, Does excuse it me, it might not ever happen again. I don't know. I mean, that's a really – that's something that um, he should be really, really proud of, and it's definitely a PGF record that I'm not sure will ever be broken. I mean, his point total record and his overall record was just incredible. Yeah, season one um, definitely – put a couple things in the PGF history books. Two things to come to my mind, that 24-0 streak by Elijah, and then the elbow bay, doing what he did with joint locks and being so low on the rankings, right? Like, mm -hmm. everybody that looks into the PGF, like whenever you're thinking about competing at PGF 26, and you talk about the old days in PGF 1, and, you know, you talk about what has created the style that happens in the pgf now you know the elbow bay it's going to go down in the history books too like you got to watch what you do how you play with joint locks because the elbow bay showed us uh, and there's three other records that i think were that are going to be really tough to beat i mean joe versus kevin's no yes. time limit match i mean we're talking over an hour and 10 minutes that's going to be tough to beat um but two others you know the infamous records of mike johnson not winning a match and then Kiahi having the most total points scored on him. Mm. He had over 100 points scored on him. So those are two, like, I'm interested in just as much in those. You know, I was really fascinated by those two storylines. Like, man, is Mike going to go, like, winless, you know? Yeah. Is, you know, so, like, he, that record will always be there. But then Kiahi's points given up, like, man, you know, that that's <laughs> those are the yeah. two records you don't want. But, hey, everybody still so talks I, about the winless, yeah. you know, Miami Dolphins. Um, in the NFL, you know, or the teams that did the worst, like who, what NBA team, you know, had the worst record throughout an 82 game season. So uh, those five records are five things I think will, will stick with the PGF for a long time. I think so too. Something I forgot to say, I believe, I, I don't know if it's solidified. We were talking about it. I want to say it's a thing. Um, the fantasy league for season two the winner of the league will actually get real money this time. Okay. So we were doing virtual money in season one with the fantasy league, but we're trying to do an actual prize pot for the fantasy league in season two. That was one of the things that really drew people and really gave the PGF fans, like true fans, like, hey, I'm not associated with this. I don't really know any of the guys. You know, I know Brandon, but I don't know any of the competitors. But now I'm watching every weekend – because of my fantasy team. Yeah. And I've heard the number like 500 thrown around and a thousand dollars thrown around. I mean, if Brandon offers, if you guys offer a thousand dollars, that was price, the, goal. the goal. I mean, I don't see why every jujitsu guy in the entire world wouldn't stay, you know, tune in to try and win a thousand dollars just playing fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that could be a like a real game changer. Real game changer. I agree. And so there's a couple more questions I want to ask. Um, first is the blue belt. You know, we saw blue belts have phenomenal performances last PGF. I mean, we saw big upsets. I mean, Dallas versus um, the Scarecrow of Doom comes to mind. And there's multiple. I mean, even a guy like uh, Mike Ritchie t getting draws and having epic matches with, with some of the brown belts. I, I mean, to me, was part of uh, and Matt Anderson. You know, like what those white and blue belts did it was really special. 
do you think we're going to see the same thing in season two? Because I know there's a co- I know a couple of blue belts that are going to do it. Do you think they'll have the same success, or do you think the talent is going to be just so much higher that we're not going to see uh, white and blue belts have special performances? Um, yes, I think we will. I think there's always like um, a dark horse in there, and man, when you're thinking about the white and blue belts that are coming out of Tenth Planet Decatur, I mean, it's yes, they're going to have those moments. They're going to draw people into deep waters that are better than them, and that person's going to get tired, and that white or blue belt is still going to be there. I mean, Evan Stapler comes to mind, you know. Yeah, Evan's the name, man. I mean, Evan's the guy that I, he, he, he just performs so well in competition. I mean, he's won multiple absolutes now, just won the Naga absolute up there in Nashville. I think he's a guy that could earn his purple belt from just this season. Yeah. Like, he's a pretty brand-new blue belt. But, dude, I wouldn't be shocked if he makes the tournament and, and does really well. Yeah. That, yeah, so I, to answer your question, yes, for sure. There's going to be some upsets. I think that's one of the best things about the PGF is because you can guarantee there's going to be an upset in this season. What's the process that you and Brandon are using to pick competitors? Like, is there a big enough pool where you need like a resume? Are you looking for a certain number? Like I always, uh, I thought it would be cool to have like an eight, 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 you know, eight brown and black belts, or maybe even a little bit more than that, but then eight purple belts, eight blue belts, and then eight white belts. So you're kind of just mixing in a bunch of different skill levels and, you know, they're going to do the season together, but Ultimately, like, what are you looking for as a competitor, and how would somebody, you know, get into this? So right now, the main thing while we're growing is that we want people that are going to be there every week on Friday, ready to compete every week. That's it. You got to be here every week. Now, how far are you driving to make this happen? You know, that's that's up to you. We had people coming ten minutes, and we had people coming six hours literally almost every week so that's the kind of person we're looking for right now is just someone that can make it here every week and compete and have fun every week so after that we've definitely been we want the highest level dudes to be in here right we want really good grappler grapplers but there will always be spots for the lower ranked dudes that are in here that just want to give it their all too because that makes for fun matches so we've talked about reserving a certain amount of spots and almost doing like a a combine for white and blue belts maybe Mm. to where they compete amongst themselves or do physical feats to try and get in the spot of this season's token I got you, token strong guy. Yeah. So just like, hey, like you're the strongest guy. Like, boom, you're in. You know, yeah. who can lift the most? That's yeah. that's really interesting. I like that. Um, really cool. So moving on now from the PGF, I've got a couple questions about your personal life right All now. Right. Uh, so the big one has been your weight gain recently. Like you've yeah. been lifting a lot. You've probably put on what 20, 15, 20 pounds. Almost fifteen. I've kind of plateaued at that fifteen. So talk to the people, like how have you been doing that and why have you been doing that and you know, what type of lifting are you do? Just talk about your, your health. Yeah, so strength and conditioning. Man, I was doing a a simple movement, man, just like I pivoted and pummeled my leg in. It was almost like a butterfly hook kind of position. But anyways, and my knee kinda of popped. It was like I flared my knee a little bit and it popped and I've torn my ACL before and I was you know nervous I didn't want it to be really bad 
and it was in a position where it shouldn't have happened. And it's on that same leg, and I knew, I can feel it, that like, when I did physical therapy after my surgery, I got back up to where I was comfortable, and then I kind of like stopped doing those therapies. And over time, I just kind of like, oh, well, I just, I'm just doing jujitsu, just doing jujitsu. And I felt like it kind of was deficient. And when that happened, it was like, man, I have to like work out my legs. I really need to get my lower body bigger. And then I'm really an obsessive kind of guy. And so it just kind of grew from that. I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to work out, like, how do I get my legs bigger? I got to like squat and deadlift and do hamstring stuff and quad stuff. Like, man, I'm going to like be working out again. So it just, I really dove in and I've never really been bigger, but I knew, I was like, man, if I'm going to put some meat on my lower body, I should really just like put meat on my body, you know, just like get a little thicker. Maybe I'll get injured less, you know? And so I just started eating everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was like, okay, if I'm going to gain weight, I need to increase the calorie intake. I need to supply my muscles and joints and brain and organs with what they need, you know? So I just started really making sure I had my macros in, you know, your protein, carbs, and fats. And then I had all my micros from just like shakes and uh, I love salads and all that stuff. So you get all your micronutrients through all that kind of stuff. And I just started, I added two meals a day. So say I was eating four meals a day. Well, now I eat six or seven, you know, plus snacks. And like, whenever I'm done eating, I make sure I eat one more thing. Like for real. And at first I was doing it like a cleaner way. And I was I started at 177, 175, you know, right in there. And I was doing it cleaner and I like I gained some weight and I got up to like maybe like 182. I was like, oh, I'm in the 180s, you know, cool. And I was like 182, no, 181 the next day. I'm like, ah, oh, what's, you know, what's going on? And I had to like start adding some like the heavier stuff that's, you know, more like I'd eat a, some pizza and I'd have freaking ice cream if I wanted and more peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, you know, like a little dirty or not so clean, not so rice chickens and this and that like oh much more like bacon king at burger king like going hard and just trying to put the weight on and so yeah i'm floating around 185 86 right now and but i've lost fat along the way right so i've been working out so much more running i haven't ran in a long time and i've just i've been running lately too and i just feel so much better i started feeling better which made me want to put more into my workouts and jake elkins has that in body weight machine that tells you all your your muscle mass on specific limbs etc and fat content and stuff and i could see that i've gained lean muscle and lost fat and that was like a really good affirmation at that time where it like made me want to do more and like then People are like, oh, Keelan, you know, you're looking better. You're like, you're looking strong. And it's like affirmation, affirmation. And it just like starts building on itself. And it's like, okay, now I'm, I became the guy that's like, that works out and does this. And it's like, I hadn't worked out in a long time. And so I don't know. It's, it's been just uh, my new obsession, to mm. be totally honest, is like, just, okay, I just want to be stronger, 
and in better shape and able to do more things, right? How has it helped your jujitsu? Because a lot of people, um, you know, like, oh, you know, you don't have to lift to be good at jujitsu or, you know, it's all technique, but For have sure. you noticed any differences in your jujitsu? I mean, yeah, just you, I've got more to give, right? So like, say you've got all your technique that you have, right? And you've got all your strength that you have and you've got all the wits that you have. You've got everything that you have and then you add strength. Like, of course it helps, like, yeah. Um, is there a line? Like, I'm sure there is. Like, oh, you don't want to go getting so big that you can't scratch your back and, like, get certain positions because you're just so big. Like, you know, but adding strength, man, without getting crazy, it just makes so much sense to me. As far as what I've felt in my grappling, yeah, there's certain guys in the room that when I roll with them now, it, it literally feels different. Like... Whenever they grab me or I grab them, it doesn't quite feel the same anymore. Like, I, I've got more strength, you know, and I can definitely feel that. So, a little bit of the cardio aspect just with running, man. I feel it in the in the scrambles and the wrestling exchanges sometimes. Whenever it gets into the fourth and fifth move and they want to stop this movement. And I'm just, like, going to the next movement because there's more movement, you know. Yeah. I've felt that a couple times, but yeah, mainly the, the guys that I was like, well, maybe one weight class above them already. Now I'm like two weight classes above them. I can really feel the difference like in weight distribution and stuff. It, it's funny. Yeah. And last question I've got is the Spartan race you've got coming up. Cause I know a bunch of people from fifth planet Decatur are going down to Jacksonville, right? It's in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, going down to Jacksonville in February to do the Spartan race. What like, why? Why are you doing the Spartan race? And, and yeah, just talk about that. Like, what are you doing to get ready for it? Yeah, so February 27th, it's a Spartan Super. There's three versions of a Spartan race. There's a Spartan Sprint, which is a 5K, a Spartan Super, which is a 10K, and then a Spartan Beast, which is a 15K. So this is the mid-range Spartan race. Um, it's not a beginner-level race. There's, like, 30 obstacles among in the 10K, so... It's a, it's a crazy race. It's going to be fun. It's going to be in February. It's going to be cold. We're going to get wet. It's going to be taxing. The reason I'm doing it is just it goes along with my recent obs obsession, you know. Um, the Spartan athletes, like if you look at the elite Spartan racers that are professional Spartan racers, they are some of the craziest athletes there are, like just the endurance and strength and pound for pound strength you know they're not you don't see any of them that are like super jacked 280 pound dudes because it's like it's not optimal for that kind of thing right it's like an so it's interesting i've always seen it it looks cool there's really cool pictures i was like you know what and i'm i'm at the point where i'm like working out and looking for challenges man it kind of just stood out I want to say Micaiah mentioned it, and it kind of piqued my interest, and um, yeah, I've been training for it, that's why I started running, was for this Spartan race, I'm like, man, 10k, it's like almost 7 miles, uh, I gotta be prepared to at least run 7 miles, much less 25, 30 obstacles in between, where I'm doing all kinds of crazy physical feats, so that's why I started running, I've been running 
more than I ever have in my life for this thing. Just because I want to be comfortable and I don't want to stop. I don't want there to be a moment where I have to take a break in this whole thing. I want there to be like energy to help others kind of thing. Like, no, 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 mm. I'm in this, like, I'm a effing Spartan, you know what I'm saying? You're a Spartan leader. Yeah. So I've put together this little group. I was going to do it regardless whether anybody did it with me or not. I couldn't care less. I was in that thing. And honestly, if nobody was there, I was going to push myself and like do a different, not do the afternoon program. I was looking at that elite bracket, racing with those real Spartans because I'm not scared. But... I put the we kind of started talking amongst each other in the gym, and we I put together a little team. We've got a tenth planet Decatur team um, that's gonna we're gonna race as a group and um, see how it goes. We've got let's see one two three four five six. We got about six people that are pretty confirmed like training for this thing. Three of us have paid already. Like we got a little team, so I, it's getting more exciting. Um, I've made them all download the Nike Run Club app and track, and so I could see that when they run, and we can see how many miles we're all putting in before February twenty seventh. So, it'll show the people that have been training for this thing and and the ones that haven't. I think hmm. so. I'll be interested to see that. But the Spartan race has some interesting um, exercises and stuff to do. You know, carrying sandbags up hills and. Just pulling like rope pulls to get certain pulley systems on and rock climbs and holds and hangs from weird grips and stuff. So it's really hard to train for the thing. Like there's spear throws and wall climb. Like it's almost like you just do everything and you'll be ready for it. It's kind of like an MMA fight. Like you just do it all so you're ready for whatever. You know, you don't want to be have no jujitsu but a, be a great striker because then that jujitsu guy's gonna choke you out you just gotta be ready for everything so i'm kind of treating it like that um the running is the only specific thing that i know i gotta have for this thing nice man well shoot any final thoughts man pgf season two i think it's gonna be better than season one it's gonna be great i'm super excited i hope you all tune in if you want to do a Spartan race in February, sign up February 27th, Spartan Super. Join 10th Planet Decatur team, and we'll see you there. Dude, awesome. And remember, man, that look, if you're listening, there might be and probably going to be a $1,000 prize to just the fantasy winner. So if you're interested at all, in the, even if you're not interested in the PGF, you didn't watch one last season, like you could win $1,000 just by picking the right team every week. All right? Keelan, always a pleasure having you on, man. I love talking to you. And yeah, that's it. Peace, guys. Hope you guys have a great day. Love you. Until next time.